Welcome to Big Bear Christian Center Sermon Audio. Thank you for joining us for part seven of our series on heaven. Can you imagine? And we are in part seven of our heaven series. And uh, so this is, uh, and, and this is it. This is the last week. So I guess we could have called the whole series Seven on Heaven, something like that. Um, but it's been, it's been really enjoyable for me. And we're going to finish up today. I don't know if you saw the, the sign out front. I'm going to kind of sit because we're just going to talk. We're going to be listening to some things. It says, can you imagine? All this morning, I want to help us imagine. I want us to, and we've begun to talk about this, but I want to spend the next 40 minutes helping us to imagine heaven. And first we have to say that imagining heaven is an okay thing to do. We talked about that a few weeks ago, but I, I don't know about you, but in the past I've really felt like that was sacrilegious. It was wrong to imagine heaven. You know, we, we see little glimpses of the Bible, but then we would hear scriptures or maybe our own minds would tell us, you know, but eye is not seen or ears heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And so we can't really even begin to think about it. Or Deuteronomy that says the secret things belong to God and heaven must be a secret thing. And so we don't we can't go there. And I believe that the enemy has robbed us. I really believe that the enemy has robbed the, the church of God. Go back a few years into the hymns. There were so many hymns written about heaven. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. And they were really chock full of, of references to heaven and the glory that's coming. And there are a few in, in Christian music, but I, I was looking, and, and there's not that many. And to, to even start this, we're going we're gonna to listen to we're going to listen to one from, from yesteryear. It's a newer version, but it's, it's still in the gospel format. We're going to listen to uh, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. And if you know it, we can sing right along. We're not going to have the words. I didn't, I didn't get the words up there, but, but they're going to play When the Roll is Called Up Yonder from the back if I set it up correctly. Let's see if it's there. At this point in the service, we listen to Alan Jackson's version of when the roll is called up yonder. You can find this on youtube.com if you want to listen to it. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I think of those, and when we were in Oakdale, there was a, a precious man, the man who played the piano. Play, he played the organ and piano. Amazing. And he played the old revival style and his name was Wes Stewart, and he was a retired military and, and spent his whole adult years volunteering in the CAPS and the, with the police department checking on shut-ins, and, I mean, until the very day he died just recently, a few months ago. And he, he was thinking about him last night as I listened to this song because it was the style that he liked to play. Now, the funny thing is he was an amazing piano and organ player, and when I went there and, and tried to... Uh, bring the worship teams together and have them play with the worship team. That was a fun task, especially since I said, well, you know, Wes, this song is in G. And he says, I don't know how to play G. <laughs> I says, 
well, we can put an A. He says, no, you don't understand. I don't know any chords. I don't know. I just play. And then you'd say, well, how about hymn 312? He says, oh, I can do that one. And he would do everything without music from memory, but didn't know what a G or an A or a D was. And he was just amazing. Well, see, the role has been called up yonder for him. Yesterday we had a memorial for Mr. Porter, Harry Porter, who was the Porter Firewood kind of founder, the grandfather, and he passed this recently. And, and the role was called up yonder for him and for many others. They will come when, when our name will be called, whether it's here on earth and we'll pass from this life into heaven or, or the coming of the Lord will come and the twinkling of an eye will be caught up in the air to meet him. But the songs that I hear today, mostly instead of saying when the role is called up yonder is, Lord, please meet my needs here while I'm on the earth. You know, the, the time will come and we'll be called, but, but so much has changed. And I believe, as I was saying earlier, I think the devil has tried to steal something from us. We're so busy and occupied about thinking about today and what we have or what we don't have, what we want, what we think we should have. That, that we miss the richness. The Bible says that we're supposed to set our hearts on things above. Well, our minds, our affections, everything there. And, and I think the enemy has come in and, 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 and got rid of that. But what I want us to do is to open up and say, you know, God created our imaginations. And he gave us a lot of information about heaven. And we're going to, we can't even read a, a portion of, of the scripture. We, we'll read a few, but boy, there's so many scriptures that talk about heaven and what it's going to be like. And I'm going to reference, I'm going to read a few, I'm going to reference a few, but really what I'm desiring to do is that we would get outside of our limitations of this fleshly body and, and, um, and begin to imagine heaven because how can we set our affections on something we can't think about and imagine? It's kind of hard. You know, it's like, like do you, who, remembers, who remembers well the first time they went to Disneyland? Yeah, the first time, I mean, it used to be something spectacular to go. Now it's too commonplace. Um, I mean, people going, they get passes and go all the time. But your parents or the person who took you probably gave some ideas. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. I, the smells, oh, it smells like this. And, and there were pictures about what Disneyland was like. I mean, Disneyland, I picked that because really of, of a place that's common to men, it's magical. It's something magical, especially when you're young. Even when it's, a, it's even when you're, who am I kidding? It's still magical. And you can explain it on a level. You can give some ideas. Oh, it's, you know, you get there and, and the whole outside world is shut off. Do you know that you can't see telephone poles and power lines from inside of Disneyland on purpose? When you get inside Disneyland, none of those things exist. They want you cut off. And so say, oh, it's like you're just away from the world and, it's not necessarily the hustle and bustle because it's very busy in there now. But. And so you'd try to describe it. And, and, and you would get excited and, and there was something to lean on. But what if you said, well, you know, going to Disneyland's kind of like going to the dump. <laughs> nothing, nothing in common. Why would, why would Christ, why would God tell us to set our hearts and affections on something that we can't imagine? Why would he give us any pictures of have us think about heaven and all. He says, but I'm not going to give you any hints. He gave them all through the word. 
what's important is that we keep our imagination to the Bible and, and, and giving us guidelines. And, you know, where there's going to be a lot of things we can wonder and say, well, I wonder if. Well, that's okay, I think, to wonder if, as long as we're not outside of, of um, this, the scriptural side when we know it is like this or it isn't like this. As, as we go, I want to preface with a scripture in 2 Timothy 2.7. Because I feel like I'm on dangerous territory this morning. Because I'm asking us as Bible-believing Christians to step, not outside of the Bible, that's the point, alongside of the Bible, but use something God-given, and that's called our imagination, to begin to have a better picture and a hope and desire. When I hear the old hymns about heaven, they were looking forward to it. Sometimes when I talk to believers today, they're dreading it. So we want to spark that joy back in there. Second Timothy 2.7 says this, and this is my preface for this whole message today. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Can we, can we do that this morning? Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Because we're, we're going to take a different journey today. I'm going to challenge you to maybe to think in ways that you've never thought before. And we've been doing that for the past six weeks. And So what does the Bible say? The Bible says so much about heaven. Revelation chapter 21 and 22 gives us a lot of pictures about the final heaven. And, and there's the, we've talked about this, the present heaven and the final destination. And Revelation makes it very clear in chapter 21 that in the end times, at the end of all things, it says that the earth will be destroyed. And in fact, Peter, I believe it's Peter, says that the elements will melt with a fervent heat. And Revelation says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and that's after the millennium. Now, here's a, here's a disclaimer. As we study heaven, some of the things that we find, we're not positive are as Bible scholars, as people who read the Bible, if it's talking about the final heaven, which is really the new earth, or the millennium, or both. And we didn't really cover the millennium much. I'm going to talk a little bit about it today because the millennium is that thousand-year period where Christ is on the earth and his church is reigning with him. And Satan is bound up, but sin is still free. The curse hasn't been lifted during the millennium. And so there's a thousand-year period and some of the scriptures that we'll be referring to out of Isaiah, today, Isaiah's got a lot of pictures of heaven, of the millennium, and of heaven. And sometimes when you're reading them, then you go, well, that sounds like the millennium, or that sounds like heaven, but then there'll be a little part in there. And so some of these, as prophecies do, because some, some of the same prophecies in Isaiah that talk about heaven and the final things also talked about his coming. In the same passage, in the same verses. And so sometimes the prophets in the, in the Bible will find that they're talking about two different times and two different places. So some of these will be fulfilled in the millennium. Some of them not until heaven. And some will be carried over from the millennium until heaven. Does that make sense? And this is a big, big, big study. Um, and so some of these scriptures will... I'm not sure. Most theologians, some will say it's heaven. Some say it's the, during the millennium. Some say it's both. But I wanted to kind of preface some of these things. But what, is, what does the Bible say about heaven? Well, the Bible says that 
heaven could be, is compared to a city. That heaven's compared to a kingdom. That heaven is a garden. That uh, it's our heavenly home. It says in heaven that there will be, uh, in my Father's house there are many rooms. I've gone and prepared a place for you. In heaven, in the millennium, it talks about animals. It talks about the, the wolf and the lion and the lamb and the cobra. And we're going to read some of these scriptures. And so, so we see pictures of all these things. Well, God, I don't believe, is going to give us all of these analogies and then say, but heaven is nothing like any of that. I'm gonna, it's like that, but it's nothing like that. But, but that's kind of what we think. We, we think that he gives us all these pictures about heaven. And then we say, yeah, and so heaven is us sitting on a cloud playing a harp. But I believe that really heaven is a real place. The Bible says that we're going to receive a real body. Well, why do we need a real body, a glorified body, if heaven is a spiritual, ethereal place? We don't. But yet we're going to have a glorified body. And why would he create us on this earth Originally in the Garden of Eden, which which we don't even we don't really understand the Garden of Eden other than and the brief descriptions in Genesis. But he created man and woman to live with him in paradise. And and we fell. Well, I believe that the restored earth is going to be much like in Eden. I believe we're going to be in glorified bodies and the new earth. Well, why would he call it a new earth if it was nothing like earth? Why would he say, I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth, but the new earth is nothing like the old earth, but I'm just saying earth to confuse you? Does that make sense? You know, God God wouldn't do that to us. And so when he says, I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth, he's giving us something that we can connect to on a level. I'm going to show us some pictures. So see see if these are on there. We're going to show a slideshow. Well, before we do, don't, don't, don't quite go. You're getting ready for it. These are pictures of the earth, of different places in the earth. Okay, we're, we're building our, our minds to begin to think, okay, heaven, he said cities and gardens and paradise and kingdoms. So I went and I found 40 or so pictures of God-created places on earth. There's, there might, there's a couple of pictures in here. Of man-made, there was a, there's some beautiful man-made things and uh, you know um, that I pictures I found, but I didn't include any of those because I was just wanting us to think of the things that God created. But do you know the creation, the the ability to create in man comes from God, and I believe in the new earth we're still going to be creating. Who's ever created, painted, built, um, done anything creative? Well, you can raise your hand. Doesn't it feel good to create? Well, that's bad. God doesn't like creation. Huh? He created these things that are inside of us. And so we could have gone on, and there were some amazing things created by man inside of cliffs and amazing things, but, but I didn't put too many of those. What I want us to do is begin to think, okay, this is the fallen world that we live in. We're in a cursed world. The devil is loose, we've got sin, and the earth is under a curse. And let's look to see some of the beautiful things 
that are on this cursed earth before we talk about the non-cursed new earth. Let's see if this works. It's a volcano in Japan. This is Western Australia. That's a lake. It's called Pink Lake in Australia. That's in India. Oh, no, it's supposed to go. I thought I saw a flash. There it goes. That's in India. Isn't that crazy? I'm not going to try to pronounce some of these. Scotland, fairy pools. You might recognize that as the Galapagos Islands. This is Palau. Giant's Causeway in Ireland. Glass Beach, California. Glowworm Caves in New Zealand. Of course, Hawaii. This is Turkey. Isn't that amazing? That's Turkey. This is a cat. This is this is Narnia. (laughs) (laughs) Vietnam. Fingal's Cave in Scotland. Saint Lucia. Yellowstone. Zion National Park. The Great Blue Hole in Belize. Naturally formed. Horsetail Falls, Yellowstone, uh, Yosemite. Another view. That is not pictured. That's because of the sunrise making it glow red. This is Iceland. Look at that rock formation. It looks like a dinosaur drinking. These are Edirat, France, the sea cliffs. Look at that cliff. It's amazing. This is in England. That is Mount Ararat, Turkey, Armenia. Another view of Mount Ararat. It's in the middle of the Middle East. We didn't believe it looked like that, do you? This is Shifan Waterfall in Taiwan. And another view of the same waterfall. These are just some, they call potholes, sea potholes, but they're beautiful. I'd like to see that. Ten Peaks, Alberta, Canada. Valley of Ten Peaks. The Andalusian countryside. It's a Spanish community. That's Olympic National Park. Athabasca Falls in Alberta, Canada. Antelope Canyon, Colorado. That was Chile, Utah. That's Iceland. Tuscany. And this is called Stairway to Heaven. It's in Iceland. I thought I'd close the little slideshow with that. Isn't that great picture? Because that's where we're going. Heaven. 
I could spend, if, if, if anyone feels generous and wants to support me for the rest of my life, I could spend the rest of my life and many lives beyond exploring this earth without a problem. And, and some people have done that. But most people in their lives, they explore just a few of the places because it's so grand. God created this amazing earth for us, full of beauty, full of wonder, and says in the end times in Revelation that the heavens and the earth were destroyed and he made a new heavens and a new earth. I, I was going to put pictures up of, of the universe. I mean, we've seen some amazing pictures of the universe. I thought, well, that's so beyond our comprehension of other than it's beautiful. But, you know, there's actually places. I mean, I get freaked out at the, the, the thought that Jesus, when he was here, appeared to the disciples. He walked through walls. He, or he appeared. We don't know if he walked through the walls or just he just showed up. In our glorified bodies, will we be able to go from one place to another? Will we be limited like we are today? I don't believe so. Is it possible that in, in the new heaven and the new earth that we could actually visit some of the other constellations and universes and other planets? I don't know. I don't think we're prohibited from it, so I don't know. But just in the earth, this, this glorious place that God created man to, to live in with Eve and with the animals, that God walked with them in the cool of the day. It wasn't something that we had to conjure up. We didn't have to, they didn't have to gather on Sunday morning to have a, a worship service so God might show up. They were living in paradise. And God walked with them in the cool of the day. I think this is a picture for us of heaven. Now, we know that there's more to it than just nature. We know that the Bible says that the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven. And it will come down and it gives us the measurements of the city. 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. Well, the United States is about 3,000 miles across. And so really, you just take just a little bit less than half the United States is 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. Do you know that you can put the entire population of the world in the state of Texas, and everybody in the world would have 1,000 square feet? I'm a math guy. Sorry. I was bored one day. <laughs> everybody in the world could have 1,000 square feet in the state of Texas. Now, there's no roads and there's nothing else. I mean, you know, 1,000 square feet is not very big in the long run. 1,500 miles, that's not heaven. See, we've, I, I used to think that that was heaven, the new Jerusalem, that I'd be limited to live in this big city that was, it says, as high as it was wide. And I thought that we were just going to all go to New Jerusalem. I'm just telling you what I used to think. Some of you probably thought the same thing. Oh, we're going to be in the new Jerusalem. But, but the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven and sits on the, on the earth. And it says there's gates on each side, and the gates are never, ever closed because people will come in and go out. This is heaven, the new earth, heaven. And so New Jerusalem is the place that there is no tabernacle because it's the dwelling place of God, and we don't need a tabernacle, the Bible says, in Revelation and Isaiah. And so God is going to be in the city, and we'll come in and we'll go out. 
but that's just a portion of it. And the, the city sounds beautiful. Beautiful. There's the tree of life and crystal. I mean, even the New Jerusalem and the be- beautiful New Jerusalem. But that's, that's only part of it. See, because that New Jerusalem is on earth. And I start looking at this earth and I go, wow. I can't wait to see the new earth. You know, nothing, nothing damaged by sin. Because in, in Revelation chapter, at the end of the millennium, in Revelation chapter 21, the very first verse says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. And then I saw John, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's spectacular. I remember when my bride walked down the aisle. It was amazing. Wow. I mean, if you want a picture of, of the gloriousness and the excitement of the New Jerusalem coming down, those, who, those men in here remember that day. It was actually funny because I've, I've always worn glasses. Well, back, back then I was wearing contacts, and I didn't realize I had run out of one of my contacts. So I only had one. If I go back and look at the pictures, I could, I, I'll tell you which one it is because as, as Shannon was coming down, I had to close one eye. <laughs> I closed the bad eye. <laughs> and the new Jerusalem is going to come down as a bride adorned for her husband. It says, I heard a loud voice from heaven. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will, here's the scripture, finally wipe away every tear. Because there's going to be a lot of things that happen before us, but God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away behold I make all things new and that's a picture of the beginning the beginning picture of of heaven we find parallels in the books of in the in the book of Isaiah Isaiah chapter 65 let's go to Isaiah chapter 65 Isaiah chapter 60, Isaiah. All throughout Isaiah, there's numerous, numerous scriptures. Is that where I want to go first? I think I'm right. 65, yeah, 20. I was going to read 20, but, but there we go. We'll start at 17. It does tie in. 20 was, was a different reference. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Verse 20, no more shall, be, shall an infant from there live but a few days. Nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. Now this is one of these passages where we're talking about back and forth between the millennium and the new heaven. 
Because listen, this is, this is a millennium scripture right here. Nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old. But the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. In other words, if, if somebody just died at, at 100, they would be feeling young. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build in another inhabit. They shall not plant in another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall the days of my people. And my elect shall enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the dust shall be the serpent's food and shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. You, when you're reading, I want to encourage you as you're reading the Old Testament, especially in the, in the prophetic books, and you see these scriptures about God's people reigning forever and when you see these pictures of ultimate, absolute peace and, and never-ending reign of David, those are scriptures of heaven. They're not fulfilled ever on this earth. Not completely. And so we read these scriptures and we say, wow, this is a picture. The glorious new creation. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And you go, huh? See, that's hard for us to think about because lions are carnivores. And, we, and it's kind of majestic. I mean, for, yeah, I don't know, but some of you, are, if you're like me, you go, man, it's, I mean, it's kind of you know, it's sad a little, you know, for the animals, but there's something majestic about a lion you know, doing what he does. It's like, but it's not very majestic if you're the antelope. <laughs> you know, in heaven, that's not part of it anymore. It says Peace. And, and this, we're gonna, it's going to be new. It's not the same, but it's going to be familiar. He's giving us pictures of, of a new heaven and a new earth and, and animals and understanding. Go back with me. You don't have to go turn there in the Bible. But Genesis chapter, chapter 3, when after God had created man, and they're in the garden. And, and we don't know, I don't know, and I don't know if anyone's really ever come up with a solid answer, actually how long Adam and Eve were for sure in the garden. You know, it makes it sound like they're only there a couple of days. <laughs> I mean, when I read, I'm like, oh, and then they fall. Like, well, what about? They could have been there for a long time. Not sure. But they're they're out and they're they're doing thing. And e- Adam's with Eve, and Eve's kind of tripping around. And here comes the the serpent, who maybe doesn't even crawl, because the serpent came up. And the curse on the serpent is that he would crawl on his belly all of his days. Well, if that's what you're already doing, how is it a curse? So the serpent could have actually been walking. Interesting, huh? And the serpent talks to Eve. And Eve listens and gives in to the serpent. It doesn't tell us anywhere in there that Eve or Adam went, Whoa, this serpent's talking. I would have put that as part of my narrative. And the weirdest thing happened, the serpent started speaking. It doesn't say that. Why not? Perhaps C.S. Lewis has it right in the Chronicles of Narnia. You want a picture of heaven? Read the Chronicles of Narnia. Picture of curses and a kingdom and reigning, the millennium. 
it's, it's, it's fiction, but it's from somebody's understanding of what, what the new kingdom is like. You know, in the Chronicles of Narnia, there are talking beasts and there are regular beasts. Is it possible that in the Garden of Eden, the animals talked? Wow. Some of you are already, I mean, is this too much? I hope so. Because I want our imaginations to begin to go. I'm not saying that they did, but I'm, I'm, led, I'm led towards that. I, they, they were probably talking animals. Why not? We go, well, that's just for humans. Come on, some of you, some of you will come up to me and say, my dog said the cutest thing the other day. <laughs> really? My friend's dog used to say cookie. And you go, cookie. And, and, he, and he, he wanted his little biscuit. And he kind of howled it. And it's, you've heard dogs, that it's like, that sounds like they're talking. You know, maybe they're coming back to the way God created them. I don't know. But what I'm trying to do is pe- to pique your imagination to begin to go, heaven is not what we think. It's so much better. But he's giving us a glimpse. He's given us a glimpse. And, and in here we talk, we hear, and when you read Isaiah, one of the things you do here is about reigning and ruling and building houses and living. And I, and I really believe that if I said, well, whoever thought heaven would be like that, I don't think very few of you would raise your hands. Because I don't think we thought about maybe building a house in heaven or having a kingdom. But the scriptures portray kingdoms and cities and ruling. Ruling over nations, right? And in, in, in the parables, when Jesus was talking about the kingdom to come, and he said, give him, put him in charge over ten kingdoms, ten cities. Put him in charge over five cities because he was faithful. Put him in charge over a city. I believe that in the, in the millennium and probably in the new heaven and new earth, that there's going to be nations and, and cities and kingdoms. And the people will be reigning and ruling over those. The Bible talks about that for sure in the millennium. It, I see a lot of faces. Like, are we on dangerous ground? Is this okay? Wow. Beauty. Creation. Not just God's creation, but coming together in, inside of us and we might create things still. And have relationship. We know we're going to have a relationship with one another in amazing ways. There's got, we, we, there, it does say that nobody will be given in marriage. We don't need marriage the way we need it here. But we'll have relationship with one another. You know, in your family members, those who died, I, I believe we've talked about this. And if you want to go back, go back to the first couple of weeks of, of the series. I believe we'll, we'll know one another. I believe there'll be familiarity. I don't think everything will be wiped out from, from, from this life and that we just start over. Then why, just, why even tell us about it? But there's going to be a continuity. The new heaven will be similar but way better and way different than this earth. God's establishing of an earthly kingdom, it's very clear in the passage we, re- we just read in Isaiah 65. Behold, I'll create a new heavens and a new earth. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I'll re- rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. 
Isaiah chapter 9, if you're still in Isaiah. This scripture is very familiar, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. We can't go to verse 6 until November, December. Okay, we'll go there. Well, why, why, you know, I'm joking, but why do I say that? Well, because well, that's that's they're talking about Jesus coming, Christmas. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Jesus, when he left here, we, we're not in peace. We have not been in peace for 2,000 years. He's not reigning on this earth. He's alive in me. The kingdom of God is, is here, and I'm part of the kingdom of God. But, but this scripture is lying, unless it's talking about two things, multiple things. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is forever, the throne of David. Jesus sits on the throne and he rules forever and he puts us in charge of cities. And the new Jerusalem came down from heaven and we come in and out. And the Bible in different parts of Isaiah says that nations from all over will come to see the glory of Jerusalem that never fades, that never dies. And they'll come from the east and they'll bring offerings. That's heaven. That means there's nations and kingdoms. And and it's so far beyond what we've imagined and life is happening and people are in charge of cities and but there's no sin and there's no more tears no more sickness and yet i believe that there's i believe this is and i'm going to really say i believe that there'll be challenges because i i think god created us to overcome and and to have to, to overcome challenges and to have creativity. Well, in creativity, there's even a challenge to make it happen. If it's easy, then it's not very exciting. But without the sin. Wow. How does that work? I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find out. I'm getting more excited about heaven. He didn't create it to be for us to be bored and for us to to just sit around. He loves his people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting boredom. Have everlasting life. He loved us so much that we're going to have everlasting life. We've used the term differently. When we're talking to people and say, oh, you know, it's a living. You say, man, I'm, I'm not living. I'm, I'm existing. Right? You ever said that? Had somebody say that about a situation? This isn't life. This is existence. And there's times in our life that we, we feel that way. We know the difference between life and existence. He didn't say everlasting existence. Because truthfully, sinners and the devil have everlasting existence. They don't have everlasting life. And so he loves us and he's going to give us life and life abundantly here and in the age to come. 
Can you imagine? I think it's okay to begin to imagine. There shall come, Isaiah chapter 11, forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out from his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We know these scriptures talking about Jesus. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion, the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall graze, and their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathros and Cush. We're hearing all over there the millennium and into the, into the new kingdom, the new heaven. These are glorious scriptures. We have to be careful to, to, to say that it's only an allegory it's only a story it's these are just pictures because then where do we stop you know how do we understand this i don't i don't think we can fully understand it when when god showed the vision of heaven and and of god himself to ezekiel and he tried to tell us what it looked like he was grasping there was no words but there's things similarity that we're going to see come to pass We have one more song, I think. I'm going to have him get ready. won't play it quite yet. It's, um, why do we... So, so, so what, Pastor? We, we've spent a lot of time talking about this. Seven weeks. And if you've just come for this, this week and, and go back and listen to the other weeks, it's, they're all online. Some of them were okay. Um, What's the point? Well, the point is that we were created for more than this earth. And the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and other places too that we're pilgrims and sojourners in this place. We're waiting, f- waiting for what's to be revealed. A city whose builder is God. Right? The scriptures. So we're, we're created for more than this place. And yet... There's something in this place that points us and helps us see heaven. If we can't understand and have a hope for heaven, then we really have no hope here. Because truthfully, for the majority of people, we don't get what we want. We don't have what we want. We're always looking and always unfulfilled. And if this is the greatest success, if the greatest achievement is on this earth, then, as even the Bible says, then we're to be pitied above men. But it's not. There's something greater 
waiting for us. But another purpose for this is not just for you to have hope and joy to finally be out of here. And for some, you know, there's some people who've had such a hard life, they I, just, just they can't wait to get to heaven is all they say. But it's also for you to help others know that there's something better. See, if you can have a hope for heaven and eternity and a glorious place, you're going to be far more likely to share your faith with somebody. Because what are you, outside of salvation and eternal life in, a, in heaven, what are you sharing with them? Well, you know, if, if you become a Christian, you can come to church and listen to a guy yell at me for 45 minutes and sing some songs that are okay. <laughs> There's got to be more. And, 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 and I don't belittle what we have here. I, I love my, my church family. I love celebrating God and worshiping on a, on a Sunday and being challenged and encouraged by preaching. And I listen to, to messages throughout the week myself. But there's more. And that more is that when this is all said and done, when the role is called up yonder, I'll be there. And the trials of this life will pass away and your neighbors and your friends and your family members need to know that there's more. And if you have hope and belief and expectation that it's glorious, you'll be far more likely to share it with them because now you have a reason to. You know, don't miss heaven. You don't want to miss heaven. It's going to be awesome. We're going to end with a song. We're not putting the words up. In fact, we're going to, if you sing, sing quietly because sometimes we know a song so well, we sing it without ever thinking about the words. I'd prefer that you just listen to these words, even though you know them. And I don't, any longer I don't totally agree with the song because it says, I can only imagine. Well, we can imagine, but he's given us some good pictures through the word of God that we don't have to only imagine. He's told us enough about it to give us a basis for our imagination to run wild. And we're going to just close listening to the song. During this service, we listen to the song by Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine. Feel free to go to YouTube to listen to Mercy Me's version of I Can Only Imagine at this time. Father, we imagine... God, and to worship you, to walk with you, to be with you, not separated by our sin, forever in this glorious place that you've created and you'll prepare for us. Thank you, God. Help us to have that eternity in our hearts. Help others to know you and what you've planned and prepared for them and us. We love you, Lord. Thank you for spending this time with us and showing us a picture of heaven.
Thank you, God, I thank you for showing me a picture of heaven. I love you, Lord. Amen. Who wants to spend more time at the altar? Anyone wants prayer?